This is episode G, Guilt-Free Pleasures. Feeling connected is a basic human need, as vital as air, water, and food. I'm here to talk about bridging the gap between ourselves, our friends and family, life partners, and anyone we come in contact with so we can more fully experience connection. Hey, how are you doing today? Thanks for letting me take up some space in your ear today. I'll start with some heavenly news, and hopefully you've been reflecting on some heavenly news in your life, because watching the news on the television is just depressing sometimes and kind of crazy with all the politics and elections coming up. So my heavenly news is that I feel like I'm starting to get some of my life back. My six-month-old is getting better at sleep training. It's taken him a little bit longer than it took his siblings, but that is okay. Each child is different, but I've been able to set him down more and more and more for naps, which is so freeing. I can do things with my hands. I can clean my house again. (laughs) And the other day, I had a solid hour to myself while the younger two were napping and the older one was having some screen time. I just could not even believe it. Today, we're going to be talking all about guilt. Before I move on, though, I have to take a moment to thank this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Life Unlimited Coaching. They help busy moms ditch fad diets for good. Follow them on Facebook or go to lifeunlimitedpro.com to learn more. This episode is also sponsored by Sherry Fernandes. Sherry has been a guest before on the podcast and will be again soon. Sherry is the author of the book Life Mastery. Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential, which just came out on audiobook. Give it a listen today. Her book is amazing because she not only tells you why and what to change in your life, but how. A quote from her book states, There are books, programs, and speakers that are excellent at motivation. What is unique about the Life Mastery Program is how it provides the tools needed to turn motivation into results in every area of life. What comes to mind when you think of the word guilt? For me, it's guilt trips, mom guilt, survivor's guilt, and most especially what we're going to be talking about today, spouse guilt. And to get even a little bit more narrowed down, spouse guilt for self-care. I was talking to someone recently about the minutia of life, things going on, and she looked at me and said, you like to be busy, don't you? I nodded and agreed, and we went on with our day. Later, though, I thought about that, and I was reflecting, hmm, do I like to be busy? No, not really, especially not to the point of not being able to catch your breath and trying to keep everything straight and remembering things and appointments and all-around driving all day, and I realized, no, I don't like to be busy. I'm just interested in so many different things, And busyness is the byproduct that comes along with it. (laughs) And subsequently, I'm also gone a lot in the evenings when my husband is home to watch my kids, thereby causing this narrative of spouse guilt in my mind. (laughs) Do you have recurring nightmares? For me, the one that I get all the time is that I'm driving and I have no control over the car. 
it's very scary. I get into a lot of accidents in my dreams and I don't like it. I feel like these nightmares magnify the intensity of any trouble I do encounter when I'm driving for reals. <laughs> the worst are times of heavy rain or whiteout snow. <sighs> Thinking back to last winter, 2021, I remember a time where I'm driving home from work late at night. I was supposed to get off at midnight, but it's around 11 o'clock. My supervisor told me to go on and get home because it's snowing outside and it's only going to get worse. So I walk out to the parking lot, scrape off the snow that's already there, and make my slow commute home. Not wanting to take a chance on the freeway, I take the back roads, and I remember that my father-in-law has a truck with four-wheel drive. I push the thought away and figure I can make it home all right on my own. What I forgot to account for was all the hills that are in the back roads. It seems like anywhere you need to go, there's a hill up and out. I tried one road, couldn't make it up the hill, so I looked around for another road. That one had a hill too, but not as steep. I see several cars attempt to make the ascent and then have to turn around and try again because they can't get enough traction or momentum. I find myself in the same predicament and have to try several times to make it uphill. I can't make it and I get stuck for good. So I dial the number to my father-in-law. As it's ringing, I'm really worried that he won't answer because it's kind of hit and miss if he will or not, usually with his phone. <laughs> Fortunately, he does answer and he says that he will be on his way to bail me out as soon as he changes his clothes. He tells me he'll bring his phone so I can guide him to the place where I'm stuck. Okay, we're going to pause the story right here and I'm going to chat for a minute. I decided to take out my few storytelling skills and strategies, dust them off and use them again because it's a lot more interesting to hear something taught through a story, I feel. And Matthew Dick says when telling a story, stop at a climax part. Nothing too suspenseful or cliffhangery, but I feel like we're at a good place in my story. I'm stuck, but someone is on the way to help. <laughs> so guilt. Of course, I feel guilty for having to call my father-in-law. It's going to inconvenience him. It could put him in danger because I'm bringing him out in the snowstorm. A lot of guilt. So let's picture... Carrying guilt like holding on to a pen. How do we let it go? Well, first is to find a support team. Right after I hung up with <laughs> my father-in-law, a group of people show up to my car and knock on the window. They explain that they're bailing people out on their way home because they have a stronger car. I stay in the driver's seat to help guide the car, and four of them push on the back of my car, and eventually get me free. I call my father-in-law to tell him he doesn't need to come anymore, and he doesn't answer. <sighs> I call about 30 more times <sighs> as I slowly continue to make my way home. How else do we let go of that guilt? We practice. <laughs> the more we take time for ourselves, the better we'll get at it. Just like me, calling my father-in-law over and over and over and over. 
Not that that got easier, but you get the point. You just, the more you do it, the easier it'll become, the more natural it'll become. You just hit the button. Self-centered also means centered deeply within oneself. We all know we have to put the oxygen mask on ourselves before we can help others. If we're not alive, if we're not around, we can't be of much use to others. Okay, so I make it home. (laughs) My short journey home takes quadruple the amount of time that it usually does, but at least I'm home. (laughs) A few minutes after I arrive, I get a call from my mother-in-law. She's with my father-in-law. I did not even think of that. I knew, or at least I believed, that she was at work or working, but how could I know? Because I was at work too, so never assume, right? (laughs) And so the takeaway here is turn regrets into resolutions. If only I had communicated or thought to try my mother-in-law, see if she knew or heard anything from my father-in-law. And my father-in-law explained that he was changing into warmer clothes and he left his phone on the bed on accident. (laughs) Because of my guilt at the time, I began to shovel their driveway while I was waiting for them to return. Similarly, don't get buried in resentment. Layering it on just negates the effects of the self-care. If you show up to your self-care with all these feelings inside, are you really going to get the self-care experience that you need and deserve? (laughs) No, your thoughts will be ruminating on the past or wallowing in that guilt, thinking of all the shoulds or have-tos. So my in-laws make it home eventually as well, and we're both safe. So the takeaway there is alter perspective. At least nothing really bad happened. We were safe. We got out of the kerfuffle. All in all, things were okay. With guilt, it doesn't need to be there. You work hard. Your spouse works hard. You both deserve time for yourself. You don't need to feel guilty for having that self-care. At least that's what I'm trying to remind myself too. And lastly, my mother-in-law thanks me for the time she had with her husband. She enjoyed the drive with him. They didn't have a stressful drive like I did because he had a four-wheel truck. They were safe, comfy and warm with the heater, and she had had a busy work week and got some time alone with her husband. With self-care, we need to think of it as a finite resource, just like time. Once it's gone, it's gone. It doesn't really work to say, oh yeah, I'll put off all my self-care and take care of it all in one day at the end of the year. No, you need self-care along the way. It's meant to lighten your load, keep you thriving. And chances are, if you put it off till the end of the year, it won't happen anyway, because that's a busy time of year. (laughs) A few weeks ago, when I was heading out to some social activity or another, Jared yelled at me, no guilt. (laughs) He's so good at reminding me of that too because he knows it's important. He doesn't feel any guilt or resentment or anger at me having self-care. He knows it's important for me. He knows it's important for him. And he has that healthy perspective, that clear mindset that it's needed. So let go of your guilt and be free. (laughs) Guilt-free pleasures, not guilty pleasures. Go do something for you. Have a great day and I'll talk to you next week.